Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Well, my morning started off with my husband taking my keys. No. (laughs) Yeah. So, and he, of course, he drove to Menlo Park today. So I couldn't get them from him. So I had to take my kids in a lift to school and really fun. What the hell did you do about like a car seat? I well, luckily, thank God, my mom and dad left their car in our driveway for the summer while they're gone. And so I had the key to my mom's car to get her a booster seat out of her car for June. Olivia doesn't use a seat anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, but for June, I was like, well, you're just going to have to be in a booster because I couldn't I couldn't even get into my car at all. And my car was blocking, of course, my parents' car. So I couldn't even drive their car. Oh, my God. Um, that's so insane. Was, I mean, June's totally big enough for a booster. So thank God. Yeah, she was fine. But I was like just annoyed in general. I'm like, Tommy didn't take my keys. This morning. I mean, how did he like, even oh. do that? Like my keys and my husband's keys like could not look any more different. I mean, most people like know their keys, you know. Well, the thing is with ours, because we have the digital phone or not phone, the digital uh, locks on our house, we both have identical car keys. I have his, he has mine, and then we have our own. Oh. And then we each have like one key to get into the house if like for some reason the digital's not working. Oh, I see. So our car keys look alike. The difference is that usually I just keep mine in my purse because I don't need an actual key to start either one of our cars. So it just kind of stays in my purse. But last night I had to move my car because it was blocking Chris. And so when I moved it, I took my keys out of my purse and I left them next to my computer. So this morning I could remember to put them in my purse when I left the house. And then I didn't see him there. And I was like, oh, no, tell me he didn't do it. But he did. That's terrible. I'm so so sorry. Started off really well this morning. (laughs) Um, um, And I have to say, so I, this was my thought. You can tell me if it's not okay. But I was thinking we could just like kind of do a summary for each couple for like how the season ended. Totally. I was thinking the same thing. And then for the reunion, I watched half of it, but I haven't finish the other half wait but i thought only part one is even up that's right but i didn't even finish part one i I watched the cult i saw the cult larissa part and then i saw the in the beginning part of the actual tell all but i didn't get to finish it i have about half an hour left but if you want to fill in the holes on that i'm happy to like yeah drive on that yeah i absolutely can okay so if we want we can start with just like Finishing up each of the each of the parties and like kind of giving or parties each of the couples and giving a kind of a little bit of like how the last couple of episodes and like this end the season ended. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you want to start a with? Little summary. Uh, let's start with cold tea. Yeah, and we can include that like stupid, like overly dramatic, overly produced 
um, overly soundtracked uh, Judgment Day, I think they called it, epilogue oh, yeah. as well. That was ridiculous. So Larissa goes to see Hottie Lawyer after her second arrest. This is back when she got arrested a second time. And it's dismissed. So basically, she's her case has been dismissed twice because Colt doesn't go to try and testify against her and so they just dismiss it twice and as so she's we, very lucky and as we recall because we had like pretty lengthy analysis between the two of us about that arrest last time like we couldn't even understand why she was arrested per se i mean other than he must have right. simply said at the time that the cops showed up really to investigate him was our under our mutual understanding because the cops someone someone on her in her camp so to speak had called the cops in the first place so presumably they were the cops were coming to look into Colt's behavior and then just by virtue of whatever he said, which was probably something along the lines of she physically attacked me, they ended up arresting only Larissa. So presumably this explains the dismissal because if he wasn't willing to testify in court and he really was and that statement at the time really was the only thing that was incriminating mm-hmm. her, I can understand why the prosecutor wouldn't um wouldn't pursue it. I mean, assuming that's yeah. all true, which, of course, we're getting like snippets, but it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, you know, I, she's been very lucky for somebody who is here on a visa. Um, I think she's been very lucky to have these things just kind of continuously dismissed Two, two domestic violence calls in a very short period of time, no less. And then not only that, but then she also. So anyway, that happens. Um, he's pissed. Um you know, she starts picking a fight with Debbie. Debbie has kind of reached her her um, wit's end with her. And she was kind of picking a fight with Debbie, to be honest. It was very strange. And that's when Debbie kind of leaves her because she was, had to take her to the store or something. Because, of course, Larissa doesn't have a car. Um, and Debbie just kind of gets kicked her out of the car and is like, get out. Like, I'm done. And... Um, this is where like then they get home and you know Colt and Larissa are fighting and she goes really below the belt which you know I'm kind of surprised it took her this long to get there it probably didn't it just maybe just on camera yeah because she calls him like a fat pig and like starts really getting nasty and you know I I was actually pretty pretty impressed that it, it that they hadn't shown her be that bad for so long because you know she gets in her little like you're a mama's boy you're this this whatever but she never really goes below the belt um and this way she she kind of did and it was really kind of sad to see and i mean it was this this made me wonder what happens on the on the occasions that she ends up getting arrested you know what i mean because we're never we're conveniently like never seeing those which are obviously blow-ups on such a different level that they end up requiring intervention by law enforcement so i think that maybe what we saw here was like a little glimpse of how um sort of vicious she can actually get and maybe how out of control of her own emotions because i'm guessing that's what Mm -hmm. was really happening because i have to say i don't think larissa is an evil person i don't think that she's like out to hurt people and this and that i mean i think she's got lots of problems but i don't think that like true cruelty is one of them and obviously it was a very cruel thing to say to him. And I think that it shows that she can really lose herself in these moments. I think the problem with Larissa, it's, and it's not, 
I don't think it's necessarily unique to her. I think she's very passionate and has a very short fuse. Um, but I think that what happens is when you end up with somebody like Colt and you are somebody like Larissa, you sort of kind of push the envelope all the time to see what you can get away with. And I think Colt really let her get away with a lot and really disrespect him in a lot of ways and sort of take advantage of him. I and mean, we we've, we saw it the whole season. And so I think that when you get in that mode of constantly taking advantage of someone, you lose respect for them. So it's not surprising that she went there, you know, like to go to the point where she's like calling him names and being really derogatory because she has gotten away with so much for so long and he's really just taken it, you know? I agree. For her, it's like, this is like, I really, like he takes it so much. She kind of wanted to push the envelope almost, you know? Well, I also think that this was her kind of throwing in the towel on the relationship in a way, because I have to say, I actually believe that she had one foot in the door the whole time, at least, Um, and and that it was only really when she was reaching. And I think that the moment she had with Debbie was actually indicative of exactly the same thing, where she's been putting up with this woman living in her house. I'm sure Debbie is passive aggressive as fuck, you know, never liked her. They didn't get along from moment one. She's putting up with all that. You know, she's with Colt. He's got his whole purse strings thing and, you know, and all the issues that she has with him. But I think that she always really did have one foot in the door. And I think that the second DB arrest totally changed the game because it clearly at that in that case rested on Colt speaking against her and getting her arrested and getting her in Mm -hmm. that situation. So I think that the way she behaved with Debbie and the way she behaves with him here, kind of crossing this line, as you pointed out, going so far below the belt that it's really unforgivable. I think it really mm-hmm. was her, like, sort of way of indirectly just getting out of the relationship. Yeah, I agree. And he finally had reached a point of, like, all right, I'm out. Which yeah. I'm so glad he finally he finally got there. But you know what? He's also, you know, he's this guy who clearly didn't have very many relationships and Larissa is admittedly a beautiful woman I mean she's got a lot of issues and there's a lot of negative there but I mean she's really beautiful she's probably the hottest girl he's ever dated or slept with or anything without question so for him this is like even though she's got a lot of red flags he's really seeing like I think in his mind he probably thought in a lot of ways she's the best he's gonna get I mean, she's better than really, I mean, at least looks wise, right? She's out of his league and that's just a fact. Uh, but then, but right. then she, the, the, the drawbacks of their relationship are such that he never should have entered into it. I mean, they didn't, they never had a real relationship, you know, based on mutual respect and all the things that, a you know, a no. lasting relationship is built on. All that they had was a, you know, surface level sort of attraction on his end and on her end, I think a lot of ulterior motives surrounding money and citizenship um so i mean it's really the classic Mm -hmm, it's the classic story and what's interesting here is that this could have worked i mean we've seen this work before and i think that you know i don't want to name names because i don't really know but i think that there have been couples on 90 day in all the iterations where it was clearly a green card marriage situation where it was exactly the same dynamic you know I'll, i'll think david and annie i would say i would i would name them as just one example of like, he is this, she is completely out of his league physically. He's really only interested in her because she's sort of 
going to be his servant and she's beautiful and young. And then she, you know, I assume she wanted to come to the United States and that's why she's putting up with this guy who's older and doesn't even really have a job and et cetera. So, but David and Annie, Mm -hmm. at least for the short term or medium term are working because they have some of the like basic social skills and relationship skills and emotional abilities to maintain that connection, even though it's not necessarily based on what you and I would consider to be like, quote unquote, real relationship stuff versus Colt and Larissa, they could, they just couldn't, they couldn't hack it, you know, like they, she's Mm -hmm. so emotionally unstable and he has all of his baggage with his mom and, you know, him being so tight fisted and all these things. Um, I just find it interesting that even, even on the basis of a relationship that is sort of illegitimate, you can have it work mm-hmm. and then you can have it not work. And it almost doesn't even matter right. that they are not together for the right reasons. You know, they just couldn't be together as people. So it's just funny that like, right. I think that, I think that in, in real life, like in a real quote unquote real relationship, if for some weird reason, Colton Larissa had actually fallen in love for real, they still would have broken mm-hmm. up in this exact same way. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to make like a larger yeah, point yeah. about the 90 day couples and the, the idea of the green card marriage. Um, that I think, so, you know, yeah. it can fall apart or work for the same reasons that real relationships fall apart and work. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's just a, even more difficult for people who don't know each other very well because you don't have the benefit of dating for years and years and being in the same, you know, city. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that you you can't really feel out whether the relationship is going to make it to the next level or not and you have to make a decision in three months which it seems insane yeah and then you think about the couples that really fell in love and I include like Elizabeth and Andre I include Chantel and Pedro and they really are suffering from exactly the issue that you just you just noted which is okay they're people who fell in love but they fell in love uh, on like very short-term sort of on a very short-term time schedule and being long distance etc and then when they actually are together and living together, they encounter these difficulties that could be insurmountable yeah. and that they just didn't know about because they didn't have the benefit mm-hmm. of enough exposure to each other and each other's families in their cases. I think that's true. And I also think that like their personalities are just so strong in a way that you wouldn't have maybe seen in a short-term situation. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, I mean, take Andre, for example, you know, that's, he's, that's just his personality. He's such a strong personality and, and it's, and culturally too, because you know, part of it is his culture, but like, I just am, it's, I don't know, it's, it's crazy because I think had she spent more time with him and been exposed to him and not been married to him things might've been a little bit different. He would have had to maybe change a little bit. She would have had to maybe change a little bit and maybe they wouldn't end up together. That's exactly my point. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And then with Colt and Larissa, you know, you have what really shocked me, you know, sort of procedurally was the fact that there was, there even was a third domestic violence arrest, which then they show, you know, that as you pointed out, the second one gets dismissed and then she just sort of ends up with the third one. Debbie calls the cops on her. I have to say, I never heard about this in real life. I don't know if it didn't make the news or if I just missed it. Maybe I was in Lebanon at that time and I didn't have really access to I the don't, internet. I don't remember hearing it I don't either. Remember, I remember I the second one. I remember the first one. I remember the second one. I don't, I don't remember hearing a single thing about this third arrest. So 
I don't know what's up with that. I don't, I don't either. And the thing that's interesting about it, I have to say, is by this point, before the third arrest, Debbie and Colt had kind of talked and Colt had been ready to be done with her. Cause she, he was like already like kind of, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, and it's interesting that Debbie was the one that called the police on the third one, because it seems to me like her, it was more, it was almost strategic. Like she's pissed off that like twice in a row now it's been dismissed. And so she's going to be the one to get the cops in here and get arrested a third time. There's no way she could get away with it a third time. I agree. I'm, I don't want to make Debbie seem so devious, but I feel like she's so invested in this third arrest that it seems almost like it was, she was the one who orchestrated well, it. Well, she's the one of, who you know? actually called the cops. So like we can purport actual motives to her based on that action alone. I mean, clearly she knew yeah. what she was doing. I doubt she was really worried for her physical safety or hello. Cold. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Are you, are we good? Yeah. You're kind of cutting in and out. Oh no. I'm using my, I'm using my good or... headphones today too. Damn. Well, keep me updated. Okay. I'll let you know if I hear it again. Um, cause I can switch to speakerphone too. Um, okay. But no, the fact is she, she's the one who called the cops. And then also, as we learn in this sort of stupid epilogue thing, Colt and Debbie are going, are planning to testify this time. So that's a huge sea change from the first two arrests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just thought it was really, Debbie didn't really seem very in, invested in the other ones. Whereas this one, she's like, it's, it's on. And she just, so Larissa moves out. Marissa, after she gets done with the third arrest, Colt does not bail her out of jail. Um, she gets bailed out by a friend, apparently, and she goes to move in with a friend. And she's sort of, he's packing up her stuff. And her mom, his mom seems to think that Colt is going to blame her for the demise of their marriage. And of course he doesn't. I mean, it's not, it's really not Debbie's fault. To be totally fair, I think that Larissa was looking for, was picking a fight. I mean, when she came in, she came in hot. Like, I don't like Debbie. Debbie never did anything to her. Like, Debbie was just a nice, quiet mom, to be honest. You know, if you look at those early seasons, like, with the, or the early time when she first came in, like, there, Debbie was nothing but nice to her. And uh, Larissa just came in like, I don't want to live with your mom. Yeah, I, I have to say, I thought it was crocodile tears, this whole thing of Debbie being worried that Colt was going to be upset with her. I didn't actually believe it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I too. think she was trying to avoid the kind of suspicions that you and I have that she that yeah. she was sort of in some manipulating way manipulating it. the situation, trying to get Larissa deported or trying to get her in trouble or whatever degree of intensity there was sort of it's sort of mot- the motivation behind that action. She doesn't want people to think that of her. So she's sort of mm-hmm. pretending that in my opinion, she's pretending that it was sort of innocent. And now that she's as, as an innocent person would be feeling worried about how Colt's going to react, et cetera. So I, I think, I think Debbie's probably a little bit worse than she appears. (laughs) Like Larissa's Mm -hmm. always saying, Oh, she's a wolf in sheep's clothing, et cetera. And you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, I can see that. I don't, I I don't really doubt. And you know, it could be that Debbie normally is a very nice person. But that the situation with Larissa moving in and her kind of losing her son 
in a way, her only real emotional mm. connection in the world, it seems. It could be that that triggered sort of a nastier side of her that has never been triggered before or that is very rarely triggered. But I have very little doubt that Debbie behaved poorly towards Larissa throughout the time that they were living together. Yeah. I just feel like she was, I mean, she would take her places and I, I don't know. I just felt like Larissa just blew everything out of I agree. Emotion. I mean, I don't, look, I wouldn't want to live long term for, you know, with no end in sight with my mother-in-law. And I'm sure that my husband wouldn't want to live, you know, without an end date with my, with his mother-in-law, with my mom. And no, that's not ideal. But like, I can remember back to when I first met my mother-in-law you know, when she, when we were just dating and we went to Ohio and I met her, she was very nice. And I, we stayed in her house for, I think a week or whatever. And she was nice. And I can't imagine, like, even now we don't fight, you know, I mean, we've, I'm sure there are things that we both got on each other's nerves about, but like, I can't imagine being so angry and upset that this woman is living here. You know what I mean? Like I can see us having a conversation a couple months in like, so, you know, we might need a little bit more privacy. Maybe we should talk about alternative arrangements for your mom for her benefit too. You know, she can meet friends and do other stuff, but I just felt like the, the level of disdain and anger and blame that Larissa would put on Debbie. It was just kind of, it was an excuse. She came to the United States. She realized she didn't really like cold. I mean, that initial meeting in the airport was really hard yeah. to watch. I mean, she was clearly just in it for money and for coming here and everything. I mean, he was not for her. And he clearly cared for her and loved her and really thought it could work. But, like, I just felt like she was just kind of going through the motions. He was not what she was expecting. And she was not what she what he she he was not what she wanted. You know, he said something that was really jarring to me at one point in a confessional he said that on, in, and I don't remember his words, but the, the gist of it was that he, you know, he always had sort of very serious doubts that the relationship would work. Like even before she ever came here, like he thought, I think he said it was a long shot. I think that was his word. Um, and, and I was really surprised by that, that he would admit that because certainly that's not the impression that he gave at the time. Um, but of course that's what we were all thinking. So it's kind of a breaking of the fourth wall moment where you're like, okay, even these people know that what they're doing is insane. They don't need us as like a Greek chorus. They know, you know, and they're really just rolling the dice. And it's kind of shocking to hear one of them admit that. It was, it was, it was jar. It was, it's just sad, you know, it's sad because I, I don't know. I, I don't know where these people, I don't, I guess I'm just not, um, I'm, I, maybe it says a lot about me. I'm just too insecure to, to ever be in that position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I'm I, as myself, I'm, even if I were 20 years, even in my twenties and early thirties, if I had met someone super hot abroad, like, or that was like, I would feel myself that was out of my league, like Larissa or like Azan or, you know, something like that, or even Mohammed. Um, even though I don't find Mohammed or Azan particularly attractive for me in general, like, you know, uh, objectively, I would still feel like so insecure about it because I would feel like, no, they're way too hot for me. 
And I would, I wouldn't have the confidence to be like, no, I'm bringing you over here. We're going to get married and it's going to be true love. Yeah. But because that would require a, the, the latter requires denial, which is what most of them have. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. I just don't have that in me. I guess I'm just like too insecure about myself to even, it wouldn't even get that far. Okay. Should I we think. move on to the next? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we've beaten so them to she, death. Well, we have beat him best. So anyway, the bottom line is that uh, she's done. But the one last thing that we didn't really touch on is that she has a new boyfriend. Oh, right. Yeah. This guy's such an opportunist. It's painful. It is painful. I mean, he's way cuter than Colt. They are more of a physical match. I will say. Um like Larissa and I can't even remember his name. Me neither. That yeah, guy. I have no idea what his name is. I don't, I don't even think I wrote it down. <laughs> um, that guy. Yeah, I did not that like this and... at all. I thought this was, I thought this was very hard to watch. Yes. It was hard to watch, but I feel like he is more of a like on a very objective level, more of a match for her, I guess. But, I mean, he's just, like, it's just stupid. This whole thing is just dumb. But it ended by letting us know that they, uh, so the the court case was pushed out. It was continued for 60 days. So she has 60 days. Um, I was actually kind of surprised because the reunion or the tell-all, I guess is what it is, um, came only five weeks after that trial um, where it was continued for another two weeks. Or another 60 days. And I thought that she would spend that time, those 60 days, trying to appeal to Colt and manipulate him into not pursuing anything with, like, further with the court case. Like, I thought that she would spend those 60 days kind of, like, dragging him, stringing him along so that she could try and get her green card and then let it go. But she didn't. I mean, she, she, uh got divorced they're divorced yeah you're right i don't i don't really know what her legal strategy is i'm i'm very interested to know what actually happens with this trial it's got to be either already done or coming up any day now right so we should google that and then our next episode we should discuss whatever we can find in the public record about what goes down because i actually think she's in real real danger here yeah other than other than for sure I guess no one ever said in relation to the third incident that anything physical actually happened. I don't remember. I just don't remember any, any discussion at all, any claim that she had physically attacked anyone. If they really had just gotten into a screaming argument, Debbie called the cops. And for some reason she ended up getting arrested, maybe because of her prior record. Then I don't know that she would be convicted of DV. Oh, plus, plus, yeah, wasn't her true. lawyer working on a deal, actually, in the interim? I bet you she has a to deal. To lower the, the charges. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, she's going to have some kind of, like, misdemeanor. It's going to be down to a misdemeanor. I bet you her lawyer worked um, out her deal within, like, days of the continuance being granted. And now, yeah. and that's why she's not involving herself with Colt, because she already knows what her fate is. And it's just a matter of getting it on the record at the 60-day hearing. I bet you that's what happened. Yeah. I I'm that makes sense to me and I'm I'm sure they they work something out so that it's only a misdemeanor yeah. so that it wouldn't like automatically trigger her deportation deportation yeah um and I yeah I mean I think that's that's probably and I'm what guessing it was. the reason that 
and we're, you know, we're obviously speculating rampantly here, but I don't think it's, it's unlikely that this is the scenario. I have to wait and see. I bet you if this is what happened, that the reason she would have ma- managed to get such a, a you know, a, a lightened, if you want to call it charge, a lower charge, is because I bet you nothing physical did happen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I don't remember. Well, this is where I'm confused because I don't remember. I, for some reason, the mugshot they, they showed for the third arrest was the one that I thought was where she had scratched yeah. him or where she claimed to have scratched him. Although that was a lot longer time ago than. Because I feel like this tell all would have been relatively recent. And if it was f- only five weeks after the trial date. Uh, I don't know. It it just seems I can't tell the timing is off or whatever, but at any rate, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is they're divorced now. She's got a new boyfriend and we'll see what happens if she's deported or if she's able to kind of finagle her way into staying here longer. I'm Cause he did withdraw her, her adjustment. Exactly. Status. I'm guessing she's going to get deported. That's, that's my guess. I think she's racked up enough ill will with the government because of all this domestic violence stuff. Um, and she really has no, I I imagine she has no art, you know, real legal basis for being here. If he withdrew the adjustment of status and they weren't married for very long and they actually went through with the divorce, et cetera. I don't see why she would be able to stay here unless, you know, somehow she got another K one or something with her new boyfriend. I don't know. I, but my, my money would be on deportation for her or her just living here illegally, which of course could happen, but I doubt she's going to get like a green card on the basis of her marriage to Cole. Yeah. Unless she can figure something out with this new guy. Yeah. I just don't even, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll wait and see. I did notice. I we'll thought see. she lost a lot of weight. Yeah. She did look like she had lost and a lot of weight. And I bet you that was like stress um, and stuff. I doubt that that was some kind of diet plan. It could have been, I mean, they all, I noticed especially, and you know, maybe we won't get to the reunion today. Cause I doubt we have time before PD gets up anyway, but um, I did notice at the reunion that they had all like stepped up, not all of them, but most of them had stepped it up a lot. Like I noticed, um, what's her name? The blonde, um, no, Nicole. no, Ashley. I think Ashley lost oh, Ashley, weight. Ashley, yeah. I think she got like a stylist. She looks way more sort of like TV ready. It's almost like the early housewives, like watching them transform and become more fancy. I think that's happening with 90 day, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I even think Nicole looked great. I think the shorter hair and not so purple. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. She looked the best she's did, ever looked. It, it, she looked really good. She looked yeah. good. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go on to Elizabeth and Andre. Yeah. And this, so we we didn't really touch on this, but so Stefan, Andre's dad is in town um, and he's going to be there for the birth, like going to be in town for the birth anyway. I love Andre's dad. He is so sweet and just, I just think he's adorable and I don't understand how he fathered. Well, that's the thing. So he kind of undermines Andre's benefit of the doubt that we give him with this idea that none of us has any fucking idea what's, what Moldova is like, right? It might as well be like a fake country. Mm -hmm. It's so small and like just Mm -hmm. not part of the international conversation. No offense, Moldova, but we don't know anything about Mm -hmm. Moldova for the most part in the United States. And, um, but, you know, it could have been, and he and Andre kind of makes the claim throughout that this is, that this sort of like overly masculine, you might even call it toxically masculine, head of the household, 
you know, um, not wanting anyone else involved in his financial business bullshit, that this is a Moldovan mm-hmm. male, you know, cultural thing. And the dad just completely turns that on its head. I mean, the dad sounded like a, like a sort of Platonist philosopher to me. <laughs> he was like, everything that came out of his mouth, and again, they were translating it, but it was so thoughtful and and wise. I mean, he was like Yoda. And not only is he an example mm-hmm. of a Moldovan male who it appears never left Moldova for any real purpose, but he's Andre's actual father. So he had actual, as you pointed out, he actually fathered this kid. He actually raised him, I assume. So really, Andre is just an asshole. He's not a traditional Moldovan male. He is just a douche. Yeah, he's he's very... I mean, I don't know. Maybe in Moldova, Moldova could be a very patriarchal society, too. I mean, we don't know the relationship between Stefan and Andre's mom. So sure. it could be very patriarchal. Sure. sure. But it doesn't, at least it doesn't come off as aggressive no. as Andre is. He's a very aggressive person and very dismissive of women in general. I mean, Ugh. not just his wife, but just women i mean it just gets so much worse but i still do believe though that he loves her and that this is a a very loving marriage even though they have aspects i do believe he loves her and i do too but i i have a bad feeling that the fact that she's american did play into him falling in love with her i feel the same way about pedro where it's like they they made them they made themselves fall in love with these american women who are attractive and wonderful women in their own right. But I think Andre, given his real choice, would be with a very timid, spineless woman. And that's not Libby. And it's also not her sisters, who he does have to deal with regularly. So I think that, you know, he loves her, but he... It's not Libby now. Me, yeah. But it could have been Libby throughout their, like, It could be that she was sort of, at the time, playing this, like, Beauty and the Beast role you know, when they were dating and she thought it was romantic at the time that he was sort of this brute. But then when you're married to the brute Mm -hmm. and he's sitting around not making money um, and being mean to your family, then it starts to become... It loses its its charm. It's not a happily ever after situation. (laughs) Let's put it that way. No. But he is a brute. So they... He is a brute. They were... um, It's funny because Andre's like, God, her family really laid out the red carpet for my dad and they didn't do that for me so kind of like the whole visit instead of being just appreciative of how loving and welcoming her family was to steve to stefan they he turns it into this like well you didn't do this for why didn't you guys do this for me and it, he turns it and makes it about him. yeah so i agree with you that that's off-putting but i also see it from his perspective where he doesn't want his dad to get gaslit by these people into thinking that yeah. they are this nice to everyone. You know, he's like, what the fuck? You know, they're, they're sort of tricking his dad into thinking that they're nicer than yeah. they are. Um, so I get that. Well, but I, and I get it. And I don't know that the, they're actually mean to Andre. I think that it makes sense that they didn't lay out the red carpet for him when he first got there because they just thought this whole marriage thing was just crazy, right? Because it's like this random guy from Moldova's moving here and they're getting married in three months. That They already had this idea about him. And he's not the most endearing person. No. And so... And he wasn't a guest. That, but I don't... He wasn't a guest. His dad is just pure no, and simple, was... a guest, an honored 
a guest. guest. Andre was not a guest. Like, they had reasonable expectations of him to be right. loving towards them, to be open to the relationships with them, which he never was. And I think that they and mutually he... disappointed each other's expectations, versus no one had any expectations of his dad. They don't need to. Right. And I think that also, like, they're not mean to him. No. I mean, if anything, they've, they've been really kind. I mean, they're I annoying and judgmental sort of... and meddling. And I get and that. And they butt yes. in and whatever. I understand. But they're not, that, mean. They're not mean. No, I agree. And I, and I actually think it's exactly the same situation. And, and it came up in the reunion. And I feel so bad for Chantel because she's so incapable of communicating anything, really. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing where... Pedro's family is straight up mean to Chantel and her family. Chantel and her family were never mean to Pedro. It was more like Elizabeth's family, you know, being overbearing, meddling, being a little bit distrustful, etc. But it was more of a just a genuine person to person. We need to get to know each other and be, you know, become a family sort of a way versus Chantel. Pedro's family never gave Chantel a chance at all. They were always nasty to her. Um, and then it's sort of the same thing with Libby's family, other, except for the fact that Andre's family isn't mean to her. But the point is that her family, like Chantel's family, really, really mm. fulfilled a very normal, natural family role. As annoying as it may be, they're all of their, those two families, I think, had genuine um, good intentions. They just wanted to make sure that their daughter was okay and in an okay marriage right. and they didn't know the guy and it was this weird situation so i i agree with that i think that's absolutely true and uh, you know chantelle just doesn't have a gift of yeah that's the problem she can't she can't she's she's not smart i'm sorry but she's just not and she's not no. smart enough she wants to try to sound smart but she's just really see i there. don't think that she is pretentious i know you do you and i disagree about that but i definitely think that she's not actually intelligent enough to communicate to pedro in an effective way about in order to mm-hmm. facilitate the relationship with her family libby on the other hand probably is smart enough yeah i think libby is smart enough um, I think, but I think Chantal, I don't know if she has a chip on her shoulder or what, but I, she definitely thinks she's better than Pedro and all of his family and friends in the Dominican. I don't think that's true. I think that's just a defense mechanism on her part and on her it parents' could be. part. I don't think it's real. That's possible. But that's we can possible. agree to disagree about that. I mean, neither of us, neither yeah, of us yeah. knows, right? It's just the impressions that we're getting. Right. And I totally respect your opinion. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to Elizabeth and Andre. Um, they get into this argument because she wants her mom to be in the room with her when she gets unmedicated. Birth. What um, is this yeah, like some kind of like feminine family cult that she's got going on where like all the women in her family <laughs> think they need to like white knuckle this shit? I mean, when I had a baby, I'm no hero, you know? Like what what are we doing here? There's no prize. There's no prize. There's no prize. Well, and we're, you and I are not judging women who choose not to have an epidural. It just no. It was like it was a little it was weird that they didn't give any explanation for it. It was as if that was the only true motherly decision, you know, to like of course, right. of it course they're going to go through this like rite of passage that's completely unnecessary of having all this pain. <laughs> and then the fact that I mean, clearly at least we can say that that probably wasn't an Andre thing. That seemed like a Libby's family, all the women in her family thing. Um, right. so unfortunately that was not discussed. I would have loved to hear the reasoning behind that. Um, but then it made it all the more weird that Andre didn't want Libby's mother in the room because in that situation, 
you absolutely would want um, your mom who's been through it and, you know, been through it unmedicated, et cetera, to be there with you. So I thought that was incredibly insensitive of him. It was, I think it's insensitive of him because it's really not his no, choice. It's I not. mean, I didn't get, my husband had no input on who I was going to have in the room or who I wasn't going to have in the room when I had my first child. I mean, when I had Olivia, I, my mom and my sister were both in the room, but that was a hundred percent my decision. And then when I had my second daughter, it was just me and my husband, Mm -hmm. but he kind of just went with it and was like, okay, whatever. Um, I, I, he didn't even try to pretend like he had an, a, 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 you know, a dog in the race. Well, I had C-section. Um, so I think he was probably right. right. But I thought he would be, I, I mean, I don't know why Andre wants to be the only support given his demeanor. He does. No, no, no. It's not. That, this is the worst part. This is the thing that I hate about this situation. It's not that he wants to be supportive of her and he wants to take on that role. It's that he wants to exclude her family members. It is purely yeah. out of spite. And I really hate that he did that to her. Yeah, well, and then the thing that bothered me, too, though, was the sister's reaction that they were so, like, shocked that he would, that she wouldn't have them or the mother in there. Because, I mean, that's really presumptuous. It's her decision. If she decides not to do it. And there are plenty of people who have their first child and don't want anybody in the room except for their Mm -hmm. husband. You know, you don't, you don't know that. And so to just assume that, you know, she's obviously going to have them in the room and then he's putting a stop to it. It's just, you know, that was kind of annoying too. Ultimately, she does have her mother in the room because she's going through this natural childbirth and it's her, I can imagine, horrendous. And she wants her mom and he, of course, allows it to happen (laughs) he calls the mom and says can you come and the mom comes and she's very grateful to be included um it's just sad that it took that long for that to happen when clearly she wanted she would have wanted her mom to be there a lot sooner well there's just no question that it added a lot of stress to what was already an incredibly overwhelming and painful situation so it was just really unnecessary he put his own pride in front of his wife's frankly her safety and I'm just really yeah. grossed out by it. And that alone, honestly, this yeah. one thing alone is enough to completely turn me off of Andre. Yeah, I was not. There were there were things that happened. So then, so the baby's born. Eleanor is born. She's beautiful. Um, <laughs> apparently looks a lot like him. She did, yeah. Um, and so um, everybody gets to meet her. You know, the sisters come. Everybody's very happy. What I thought was very strange was that... The father didn't, not her father, but his father didn't come to the hospital at all. Like he waited the two or three days until they came home from the hospital to meet the baby. Who knows? I mean, that could be a Moldovan thing for all we know. I mean, the father-in-law, like maybe he just would be considered just, maybe they think it's inappropriate or something. Like I, I, I can understand that. I don't know. I thought that was very strange. Like, don't Especially you remember? Was, don't you remember staying in, at their house in 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 the Olga Steven situation? Like, Steven wasn't even allowed in with her when she had the baby, or after, or whatever. Like, he wasn't really allowed in the hospital, and that's Russia. So it could be that like men are just generally not included in this process in Moldova. Yeah, I mean, and I I can understand that. I mean, I don't think he was very offended. He didn't seem offended by it at all. Mm-mm. Um. 
but um so they make it home okay so this is a part that again reinforced my irritation with andre they're at home and they're sitting on the couch and he's not going to change diapers because he believes that the child rearing and anything to do with the child is her um division is the wife's division and while that may be the case in most marriages, <laughs> because I certainly would say I have more control over what happens with the kids than my Same. husband. Um, my husband still changes Yeah, that's diapers. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he changed diapers. He definitely, I mean, quite frankly, when I, I got sick, you know, with when June was only four months old and my husband did all the nighttime feedings. He did everything. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between um, being second fiddle and being no fiddle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I would not have, I would not deal with no fiddle. Yeah. I think my husband is absolutely second fiddle to me when it comes to kid stuff, but he, that means that he takes direction from me. That doesn't mean that he gets off scot-free and he's, and he loves being involved. Like, I I can't imagine. I cannot. I mean, I wouldn't want to be with my husband if he didn't take great pleasure in some of the minutia, you know, just to have that time with the kids and that connection because he isn't sort of the number one involved parent. I mean, I'm a stay at home mom. Like, obviously, I'm more involved than he is just by sheer dint of time. Um, And so he takes those opportunities you know, is he gleeful about changing every diaper? No, of course not. But he also doesn't resent it. No. And he sure as shit doesn't try to make some kind of, you know, Neanderthal argument that men don't change diapers. Right. Although I will say, I, I mean, to a certain degree, I understand where he's coming from. Um, <coughs> because culturally, that probably is Yeah, the maybe. I mean, my dad, I guarantee, has never changed a diaper. In Mine life. has. Even my kids, he has not changed my kids' diaper. He will hand, he handed both of my children, and I'm sure he hands my niece and my new baby niece over to either my sister or my mom if there needs, if anything needs to happen, <laughs> if the baby needs to be changed. That's just who he is. I mean, he'll feed the baby, of course, and he does that stuff, and he'll play with them, and he is an involved grandfather, but he will not change. He's diapers. a different generation. Like we can't even compare. He them. is a different generation. It's true, but he is also, it's cold. I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's changing now, but like, I can see how it could be a cultural thing. I don't necessarily blame him entirely, but he has to kind of like move with the time. Like, how could you not want to be a part of your kid's life and be more involved and engaged? Mm-hmm. I just think it's weird. I don't know. That's where I was like, I didn't like that at all, but I was really, really, really sad to see the dad leave. I was too. I mean, it it makes me worry because I think it was the only thing that was holding Andre together. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. So now this is where I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm still, I think that Libby's family is way overbearing and way too involved, but at the same time, I'm so team Libby on this. Like he wants to have this big wedding in Moldova and he's bitter because they had this big wedding in the United mm-hmm. States and so he's like we should have the same thing in Moldova who do you think paid for that wedding in the United yeah. States yeah you're like he doesn't want his in-laws to be giving them any money at all but at the same time now he thinks that they should spend fifteen thousand dollars on the wedding in Moldova that they don't have right 
And she's right. Like, where does he think the money's coming from? And obviously, if she's like, well, I can ask my dad if he'll pay for the wedding, he's going to go into, like, some rage about how I don't want help from your parents. Well, the money's not going to, like, pour from the sky. Like, they don't actually have a money tree. Yeah, he keeps doing this, and it it it's very, yeah. very concerning. Um, I don't know if it is a control thing in some way, shape, or form. Where he's like, okay, yeah, she's the one who's working, but her money is my money, essentially. So he figures that she can just Mm -hmm. keep getting money from her dad without him ever having to answer to his father-in-law. I mean, does it seem like something like that to you? Maybe. I just felt like it was so stupid. And it was really annoying. To me, anyway. Well, he just won't (laughs) have have a realistic conversation about this stuff with her. Like, he keeps talking about it being fair and talking about how, oh, we have this wedding here and it was really big. Yes, we did. And you know what? My dad paid for it. So if you're asking me to see if my dad will pay for a Moldovan wedding in Moldova, I will ask and see if that's possible. But you do have to recognize and appreciate that it will be my dad paying for it. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe she needs to be more explicit about it in that way. And say, we don't have $15,000. I'm on maternity leave, so I'm not even getting my full pay. I'm not getting bonuses. I'm not getting commissions. So we're already on a budget and barely able to pay the rent that we have currently. You don't want to take a job with my dad. You don't want to take any money from my dad. But now you're telling me that we have to have $15,000 for a wedding in Moldova? Like, come on, man. Like, figure it out. I just don't get it. Like, I literally don't understand what he thinks (laughs) is going on here i don't either like where do you think it's come how are you gonna like i I, i'm with her like where does he think it's coming and this just keeps happening yeah like i don't know why he thinks that like all the stuff that they've done so far it's because her dad has given them money yeah exactly right (laughs) i i don't i don't know what to say about this uh yeah it's weird i don't know anyway Let's move on to Chantel and Pedro. So I do believe that his family are, I believe Obed. I think that his mom and his sister orchestrated Chantel and Pedro's meeting, that they ended up falling in love and, or lust or whatever. And Pedro actually did want to marry her and move to the United States. And they've been kind of, holding the puppet strings you know like he sends money to them because he feels obligated and he's now the man of the of his nuclear family but also you know now they're pushing putting on this pressure that you're the man of your relationship so you need to navigate that shit and i i just feel like um I do feel like it was manipulated and that's why they're trying so hard to now break him up because they want him to have his green card, get his 10 years of support <laughs> from her and move back to the Dominican and they can do their business oh, or whatever. You know? God. But then where does he fall into all this? I mean, I think he's just a pawn. I really think that they just used him as a pawn. He was their means to the end. Like they could not have pulled, they can't, they are trying to find a way to like better themselves, right? They can't do it on their own. So they had to go pimp him out and find like find a girl for him to be with. I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of probably in the beginning there was like, oh, if you marry her, you could go to the United States and have a better life and everything. 
I think that's probably that was probably part of the conversation. But I also do think he had feelings for. Yeah, but I was really absolutely chilled to the bone when they got back from the DR and he and Chantel were having a discussion about it. And he basically threatened to leave her, you know, after he gets his card. I mean, I don't know if he said that just to push her buttons, but I got the impression that he was telling the truth. And that, I mean, that stopped me. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like. That's I mean, an insane thing to say to your wife. Like, I, I can't imagine ever trusting my husband again if he said something like that to me. No, it was very, very weird. I, I did not like that either. Um, I don't like the way, first of all, I don't like how hypocritical they both are. <laughs> but I also don't like the way it's like, you're so disrespectful because you wouldn't say goodbye to your mo- my mom and my sister. Okay, were you not there? At yeah, we all knew how that would have gone. I I thought it was really smart actually for her not to go up and say yeah, goodbye. Yeah, don't ruin I don't, don't think it was ruin a disrespecting. His she knew. She's like I knew if I went up there we would have gotten into a fight and why do we need to do that on the day I'm relieving? I understood why she didn't go. I didn't understand why he was making such a big deal except that his parent of course Lydia and Nicole are like oh, it's so disrespectful she doesn't even come say goodbye. Like they're just stirring the pot. They're such shitsters and I just I don't like them, and I I don't like that. I don't like Pedro's new attitude of, like, I'll just divorce your ass, you know, kind of thing. I don't like that at all. I think that's so wrong. And, you know, they they made the mistake of going into vacation mode in the Dominican. They didn't deal with anything. Like, they needed to get away. They didn't deal with anything. They just went on vacation. And everybody knows what happens in vacation mode. You know, you have a great time, but then you come back, and it's still the same shit, you know? So that's, that's where they are. I have to say, um, I, I just, like I, I don't, them? I no longer have any confidence in their relationship. I'll just put it that way. No, I don't either. I think they're going to get divorced. And, and, I, and I think the only thing holding them together now I, is the show. And I'm not going to watch the family I'm show. I'm so fucking irritated by that whole thing. It is so manipulative. It's so crass. And what the worst mm-hmm. part about it to me was that at the reunion, they were showing Chantel the footage of him with that girl that he danced up on in the mm-hmm. DR as if it was the first time she was seeing it in Toto. But then at the same reunion, they showed footage of the family Chantel, which clearly involved all the stuff happening in the interim where her family goes to the DR and like comes back face to face with his family. So I'm like, no fucking way did she see anything at that reunion she had not seen 30 times before. And the fact that they think we're that right. stupid, that we're not going to put the timing together, is just insulting to my intelligence. Yeah, I don't like that either. I just think it's really dumb. They, it's not interesting. They're reaching. And they've misjudged completely. their completely. I think it's going to fall on its face. Yeah, I agree. All right. So now we have Nicole and Ozan. I just, I can't, I don't even know what to say about them because they're so stupid it's so painfully obvious to me. There's nothing there. I mean, I don't, their calls are awkward. They're not between two people that want to get married to each other um, at all. And it's just stupid. And involving May, I mean, I don't know why. I actually was thinking about this. And I don't know why the mom doesn't try to take custody of May away from her daughter. Like... <laughs> I want to take custody of May away from her. I don't know if it goes that deep, though. Like, like the really, what is May experiencing? She's experienced a couple of trips to Morocco, and she's 
going to be confused, which I'm sure she always was about who her father figure is. So, you know, I, I don't think it's reached that point yet. Of course it's terrible parenting and we feel very concerned about what ha- might happen in the future, but because Azan, it hasn't reached and that Azan's level, never actually going to take it to the, the next level with Nicole. So really may is safe. Nicole's yeah. the one who right. is in serious danger of, you know, just having some kind of mental breakdown. But, um, I think what's what's hard to watch about this is that Nicole is dumb almost to the point of of you know of actually being below the normal threshold of intelligence. So see I don't think it's dumb. I think now she's just stubborn. No, I think she's dumb. Like I think she's really dumb and well, I mean, really stubborn. I think I think she's dumb too, but I don't think she's like Danielle Mohammed level dumb. Like, I don't think she has like serious, um, you know, mental incapacities. I I don't. That's why I can make fun of her because I don't think she, I think she's dumb. I think she's an idiot, but I think to there at some level she knows, but now she's in. It's that thing where she's in so deep. She's not going to let go of it. Like she's already invested three years into this this is her only means of income. So like for her, she's going to play this out to the very end and she's going to make him dump her. I agree with that. And I, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying. I just think that it wouldn't have reached this point. We never would have gotten here if she wasn't also categorically unintelligent, like beyond well, the pale. But she's insecure. She's insecure. Look at her. I mean, she's not... You know, I mean, this is a girl who cheated on him. <laughs> she's going to take it wherever she can get it because she doesn't think she's worthy of getting it anywhere. No, I just think it so goes, I think she... it's worse than that. I think it just goes deeper than that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, but um, I I think that she is is lack, completely lacking in mental faculties and it's it's affected her decision making. And I think he's taken full advantage of it and it's really sad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sad. I think it's way sadder because of May. Oh, agreed. Agreed completely. Um, um, it's just, ugh, it's hard to watch because I just feel like, give it up already. Everybody in her family knows that she's being an idiot. Yeah, 100%. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that um, she's going to have to end it. Um, oh, but she's sure. not going to end it, so. No, she has no incentive to. She has no other options. I guess not. Um, all right. So that's it for them. I can't, they're just, it's so depressing. Um, so then we have Ashley and Jay. So Ashley was on the right track. She kicked him out. She, I don't know why she called the police. That was stupid. She didn't have to do that. But anyway, he fucked up. He cheated on her. She kicked him out. She changes the locks she calls her lawyer. She files for a divorce. Um, I thought it was weird that she could serve Jay herself because that's not the way it works. At least in California, you can't serve your the other part. A party cannot be cannot serve papers to the other party. Yeah, it has to be an, a third a third person. So I thought it was weird that she was like handing it to him, making him sign. I it. mean, she's going to um, a lawyer, but so whatever. I assume that procedurally, it's okay. Yeah, I thought that was whatever. She did it. He signs it. Um, 
but she's been really sick. She has lupus and she gets into stage three kidney failure. So she gets really, really sick. Um, and Jay, some, she says that one of her friends calls Jay to let him know that she's really sick, which I think is so weird because all of her friends are like, he's a fucking idiot. Why don't her friends come take care of yeah. her? Why would they call Jay? That seemed very odd to me. But anyway, Jay comes and he takes care of her because quite frankly, he has no other options. <laughs> like, of course, he's like, going to come. And it take could care be because he's next of kin because they're married. Yeah, but he didn't, there was no obligation to take care of her. Like, she was at home and just recovering. Right. It wasn't like a... No, I just mean like why, he he got, why he got called kind of a thing. Oh, maybe from the hospital. Yeah. But he, they said a friend's call. Right, him. no, I know. It just seemed, I don't know, the whole thing was just weird. Anyway, so he flew back from Florida. He was visiting his brother. He's taking care of her. And then she's like, he was so kind and took care of me and we got along so well. She fucking withdraws the petition for divorce. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can, like, I, can I just draw a comparison? Here? Uh, okay. So yeah. before she got sick, Ashley was essentially like Nicole in the sense that you're arguing where she's making all these decisions about this guy just based solely on low self-esteem. So you're arguing that Nicole just has low self-esteem and is stubborn. I would argue that Ashley was essentially that throughout the whole process and until she got sick and then she became physically incapacitated by the sickness and that allowed that gave him an opportunity to creep back in and she wasn't thinking straight i would argue that nicole has been from the get-go mentally incapacitated and that that is what has allowed ozan to get sort of into her life when he clearly doesn't belong there just like jay doesn't belong in ashley so that would be my argument Okay, so the the distinctions that I would make between Ashley and Jay and Oz and Nicole are that the way that Ashley and Jay met was more organic than the way that Oz and Nicole True. met. That they spent a lot of time in Jamaica together, True. being actually together and lovey-dovey at least. Um, and that Ashley is doesn't I think she has low self-esteem, but at the same time, she knows she's a beautiful woman. Like, you don't spend that much time in front of the mirror if you don't think you're attractive. I mean, she clearly knows that she's an attractive person. She does have low self-esteem, so there are things there that at, at play. But she knows that there, she has options. She just happens to think that Jay is really hot, and she has this, like, attraction to him, and they probably have good sex, and it's like... There's that aspect too. Whereas Nicole and Ozan have like no chemistry, like none. Okay. But I like, even when they're physically together okay, and I don't want to be mean here and there's really no nice way to say this. So I just have to say it as you pointed out, Ashley is an actually objectively good looking person and Nicole arguably is not. Yes. So there was, no, there was always going to be that those distinctions that you just drew when you're considering the fact that just at the base level of looks, you're in completely, you're on completely different planets. So it's like, of course, Ashley ended up having, you know, a reasonably satisfying sex life with a very attractive guy who might very well have actually been attracted to her because she is objectively beautiful. Nicole was never going to have that opportunity. So they're on, they're on different playing fields, but I think they're playing the same exact game. Maybe, maybe. I, I just feel like, I, I just think that with Nicole, it's not mental 
like you don't think she's just slow like the way she responds and the fact that she the fact no, all I she can ever do being from Florida the fact that all she can ever do is sort of like <laughs> deadpan or, Sorry, or walk Florida away people. or whatever she she she's not running on all cylinders she doesn't but, have a response it's not no, just denial she's doing that on it's purpose. not just denial it's the that's purpose. no it's not just denial and the, she, and the desire to be with this guy mm-hmm. above everything else it's the fact that she cannot in the moment come up with anything no, I think it's that she doesn't want to get, she doesn't want to admit when she knows she's going to have to admit something bad. Like when they're like, Nicole, what happened? And she just like deadpans and walks away and closes the door. It's because she doesn't want to have a to admit A smarter person could come up with something. I could come up with something yeah, in every you, single one of those but situations. Maybe, but maybe that's her strategy is just to like ignore it and walk away. Because she's incapable I mean, of dealing with it because she doesn't have the capacity. Okay. Well, Maybe, maybe, maybe she doesn't, but I choose to believe she has the capacity that she's just an idiot and I'm going to continue to make fun of her for it. I feel like I can't make fun of Danielle because I feel like Danielle really is slow and missing. There's like some sort of like mental incapacity that she just maybe has not been diagnosed with. But that to me is so different than what Nicole see I see it as similar so you just have you and I just have a different interpretation of like what we're seeing from these women right because of course neither of us knows no it's true we don't all right so then Ashley because Jay came and took care of her has now had a change of heart it's like a Jane Austen novel it's so stupid though oh so she goes and withdraws her petition for divorce even the lawyer is like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on here? I um, loved that. And what about her? I just don't understand. Like, what about where are all these wonderful friends she has? For fuck's sake, go reconcile with Natalie. Natalie will come take care of your ass. Yeah. Like, I think come there's on. serious bad blood there. Why Jay? Yeah, but Jay, he fucked some other woman. And then like, and she says she needs to, not only is she withdrawing the petition, but now she's going to go even further and file for his adjustment right. of status. So she went from like, I'm getting a divorce and you're getting your ass deported and a hell no, am I going to file for adjustment of status to, oh, thanks for taking care of me. I'm not only going to withdraw the petition for divorce, but now I'm going to immediately file for your adjustment of status. Like talk about like 180 and then going way over the other end. Like now he's in such a better place than he was before he cheated on her. I think he just got lucky that she got sick, you know. He got lucky that she got sick. That's a hundred percent it. And then she was stupid. She knows she's stupid. She keeps saying it. I'm just dumb and I make bad choices. Yes, you do. You do. You do. But like at some point, I don't feel bad for her anymore because she keeps putting herself in this position and she knows it. I agree. I just feel bad for her because she does have kids. And I feel bad for the kids. I don't feel bad for her though. I feel like you got yourself in this position more than once. Like fool me twice. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Like, no. It's your fault, baby. Yeah, I agree. I'm not gonna argue with you about this. She's just she's an idiot. I can't. Anyway, okay. So now we have Pow and Russ. Um we got introduced a little bit to her best friend, Juan, who's kind of an he asshole. He is an asshole. I don't like that guy. I No, he was such He's an asshole. He's very mean-spirited. Um, we met her mom. Before. He is. And he doesn't like Russ. And what? How could you not like Russ? I mean, yes, he's total He's a wet blanket. And there's... He's a total wet blanket. But, like, Russ is a nice yeah. guy. 
Like, there's not a harsh word you could say about him. He's not a mean person. He's going to take very good care of Pow and his kids. I agree. You know, it's just so dumb. Like, I just thought he was so mean and evil and awful. And Gladys, the mom, is... Um, so, I... Pow is like a psycho first-time mom. Oh, my God. The like, thing about holding the baby... When you're a first-time... When you're a first-time mom, yes. There are things where you go aggro about certain things and you're protective of your baby, for sure. But not letting your own mother carry the baby hold the child hold her grandchild i mean my mom held my daughter like minutes after she was born yeah i i've never heard <laughs> like, of that i've ne- i've literally never heard of that i mean i thought i'd seen it all no i would never ever especially the family i mean things are changed a lot like since my i remember my mom telling stories about when she brought me home from the hospital and like my mom has five brothers and sisters and she's like, everybody was at the house and everybody held me when I was born, like three days out of the hospital and there was no antibacterial soap or like wash your hands first. It was just like, I was getting passed around at three days old to everybody, (laughs) you know, there were no boundaries back then. And nowadays people are definitely much more like, Oh, you got to wash your hands before you touch the baby. You know, before you can carry the baby, please wash your hands or especially for the first child. For the second child, I have to say, I wasn't really like that with my first child, but I definitely wasn't like that with the second child. I mean, shit, I would let anybody carry the second child. Um, but people can be that way, and I don't judge people for being that way, but Pow is, like, extra. Like, that was, like, she's so extra. Well, I feel kind of sorry for her, because, honestly, you'd have to have some pretty gnarly anxiety to take that, like, heart of a line. So she must be just freaked out constantly. Yeah, and then like Russ's mom comes right, and she's saying how she's not even she's not sure she's gonna let the mom who flew like hours to come meet her grandson. She's not sure she's gonna let her carry the child. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like I don't even know that my my mom even asked if she could carry my children. She just picks them up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I <laughs> like, think that this gave us a good if if little unpleasant glimpse into Russ and Powell's marriage in general because they made it clear mm-hmm. when the mothers-in-law were both there that Russ and Powell have a pr- actually a pretty volatile relationship um, to the point that both of their mothers are saying like are kind of intervening and saying you know you need to get along better you can't do this you have a baby now etc I think they do a pretty good job of, of yeah. not kind of putting that out there as much on screen but clearly it's the case and their mothers both like threw them under the bus and I think that the dynamic probably is exactly like the holding situation where Pow has some kind of objectively insane demand and then Russ feels and, and, and is completely unwilling to budge and Russ just ends up between a rock and a hard place and they end up fighting um, that's, that's what I'm mm-hmm. guessing is happening all the time with them yeah, I agree with that. And it, it seems interesting, too, because, I mean, she's Colombian, obviously, you know, and they're Latin American countries. And I just assume that a lot of those countries are very similar to, like, my mom and her family being Mexican. Because, like, I, I can't believe Gladys was so deferential to her daughter about the baby. Like, she was just like, I, I hadn't held the baby until Russ's mom came and was basically like, can I hold the baby? Like the, and that was the first, and then she gave the baby to Gladys 
And that was the first time that she had even held the baby. And I feel like my mom wouldn't even ask. Whereas I feel like American culture, like my mother-in-law wouldn't be so bold as to just go pick up the baby or take the baby from my arms. Um, as I realized in different situations after my second child was born. But my mom, are you kidding me? My mom used to come. She stayed with us for a couple weeks after Olivia was born. And she would like sneak in in the morning and take the baby so that we could sleep and just like disappear and go take the baby in the other room. Like she didn't come in and ask. She just like came in like this little ghost <laughs> and would just like pick up my kid and take her into the other room. And like my mom, I don't think my mom was ever asked permission to carry my children. She just picks them up. Yeah, I think that this is actually not a cultural thing. I think this is totally specific to Pow. I think that Pow maybe that's Powell what it is. Has a very strong personality. She has very strong opinions, and she's very uncompromising. So I'm guessing that within her own actual individual family culture, there's an understanding that Pow mm-hmm. is going to get her way, and she's not going to. She's not going to relent and she's going to have very intense positions and other people are just going to have to put up with them. And this is also a problem I see with people who have, I mean, Axel is their miracle baby. And I've seen this in my family, uh, like extended family, where people try to have a baby and they have all sorts of issues with it and have miscarriages, which is so hard. And then they finally get their one child and they're so overprotective. Yeah, I've seen it too. And they're so like, you know, helicopter parents and everything. And it doesn't really do the child any favors by being like that. But I, so I kind of could understand that respect. The caring of the child though, I thought was just so bizarre. But anyway, and I also think that, I think that is part of their relationship, the the nitpicking and going back and forth. But a baby is going to make everything even more exaggerated. I think that it has. Because you're, because you're tired. I mean, even in my relationships, you know, anytime there's a baby, it's going, even with small kids, you know, having children just escalates the mm-hmm. issues to, you know, and makes it even that much harder because you're tired, you're exhausted, especially if you're home. I mean, for you, Katie, I mean, you're home with your kid all day, although Petey's yeah, she's easy. Yeah, she's like a meatloaf. But but still, but still, if you're with your kids all day, you get t- that's still exhausting. I mean, even if they are great kids, you're, they're, you're still exhausted. So any little thing is going to make it a lot more exaggerated than if you didn't have absolutely a hundred percent. So if you already are inclined, like Pow and Russ, to have this sort of volatile relationship, adding a kid to the mix isn't going to make it any easier by any stretch. I mean, I'm actually pretty concerned about them. Yeah, it, and they didn't come to the reunion very, um, very, like, no. together. Although I, I imagine, like, after listening to come, the other ones, they're probably thinking. So that's the thing, that? though. I think that I, I actually get that impression, too, that they are using the comparison of these complete train racks that they're in this, on this show with to bolster their own relationship. I actually wonder if they'd still be together if they were not on this show. Yeah, it may be because they don't seem to hang out with a lot of other couples. And if you're comparing yourself to the 90 day fiance (laughs) couples, you're doing, I think she really lacks relationship skills that are required for, for a marriage. I really do. I think that she's so uncompromising and she's so extreme and he's such a pushover that eventually enough's just going to be enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he falls into that. It's like it's like a a less extreme version of Larissa and Colt, where he she's going to keep taking advantage and keep breaking him down, and he's just going to keep taking it until yeah, he's he can hit a breaking point. Everyone has to eventually, right? You have to. But they're also, I mean, the thing that strikes me about all these couples is there's this sense of like being completely unrealistic and. Like, especially about, like, Andre and Libby about the the money situation. He's, like, just so stupid about it. And for these guys, like, she's mad about his new schedule because he has to travel. Okay, well, he needs a job. So what do you suggest? And he did try to get another job. Granted, it was in Oklahoma and she doesn't want to go there. But now he's got to go through the whole thing again where he's got to find another job that's not going to make him travel as much. But he even says, you know, the travel brings in more money. And it is really about the money. I mean, she's not working, so she's not bringing any money in. And so he has to support all three of them now. And she doesn't like that. And then she's resentful because she wants to be able to do stuff and do modeling and do her own thing. Yet she won't let anybody hold the baby. So how's that going to work? I'm completely with you. I think she's really unreasonable. (laughs) And she and Andre have that in common where they're just completely unreasonable people. And I think that people like that get divorced, right? I mean, you would know this. Yeah, yeah. They just are, can't get out of their own head and have any sort of, like, understanding of, like, the real world and what's going to exist. And those are the people who, in a divorce, get totally shocked and screwed because they have no understanding of, like, reality or the finances or anything. They just think that, like, things just get paid. Like, the, pay, the, the money fairy just comes and automatically pays their rent. And they have no clue about how to budget or or how much things cost, or how to actually manage the funds. Because in Libby and Andre's case, she's doing all of that. And in Larissa and, and Russ's case, or not Larissa, sorry, Pow and Russ's case, Russ is doing all of that. Yeah, until he doesn't anymore. So she's just clueless. Right. So it's, it's very odd to me. And she's like, oh, I don't care about money. Yeah, sure you don't, except for all of your fancy clothes and you know, accessories and everything. Sure. You I know. mean, you know, maybe we've lost sight a little bit of the fact that she is significantly more attractive than he is. And maybe this is a little bit of a green card marriage situation, even though they fell in love. Yeah, like but maybe I don't... they fell in love for the wrong reasons. He fell in love because she was beautiful and she fell in love because he was American. I mean, it's possible. But objectively speaking, I don't think he, it, that she is, objectively like a 10 and he's I think she's a 10 and he's a six like I don't think I don't think he's unattractive I think his personality makes him less attractive to me but I don't I think objectively he's a he's an attractive guy I don't think he's cult level no like I think he's an attractive guy I I think they're more on because I think they're more like Larissa and her new boyfriend like they're more on the same level of attractiveness I just think they have very, very different personalities. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying green card marriage in a sort of a nefarious sense. I'm saying this is like a guy who followed his pecker to Brazil or Colombia or wherever. And she, you know, I don't know. Maybe she was interested in coming to the United States. We really have no idea. Um, but I, I find it odd that someone like her even fell in love with someone like him who's so milk toast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and again, I mean, I'm not imputing. The, I'm not yeah. imputing actual conscious bad motives. I'm imputing unconscious bad motives. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, no, I can understand that. I just don't really I buy it, especially now with how little respect she actually shows him. Um, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an undercurrent there of entitlement that she has that really only makes sense if you figure that she thinks she's better than him, that she's lowered herself to him. And then if that's true, why did she do that? Oh, maybe because he's American and he could get her into the country. Well, I think that being an American when you're in a different country is certainly going to be a factor. I don't think it's the only factor, but it definitely is a factor. And for any of these people to try and deny that would be just ridiculous because I think it is a factor. I think it's a very real factor. And her beauty clearly was a factor for him. And maybe he was willing to overlook some pretty serious personality flaws on her behalf uh, because she was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that happened. No, that's true. I don't know. I'm worried about uh, yeah, them. I, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about them too. I, I, and they've, this is the first time they've been kind of separated and, you know, they were separated for a while before. Oh, really? So when she moved to Miami and he was oh, still working gosh, in Oklahoma. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So there's definitely been times when they've had to go through sort of an adjustment period, but now they have a kid to think about. And so I I do think she falls into that category where it's, it's very easy for people to do for moms to do where you kind of are dismissive of the husband's role. Yes. You know, where it's like, this is my baby. Well, it's not just your baby, but I get the possessiveness. I understand where she's coming from with that. Um, So it's hard. It's hard to watch because you, I, I know that I understand that. It's just, you know, I agree. I empathize with her. Um, but I also think that she takes it to a level that isn't sustainable. Not just mm-hmm. about being overprotective, but also just in her relationship. I don't think it's sustainable long term, mm-hmm. as I've said. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that actually the travel for him is probably good for the relationship. Is. I think the problem is she's feeling like I don't, you get to do your thing and I don't get to do my thing. That's more of like a selfish kind of position to take. I get it because I, but I was not a a person who was afraid to have somebody else hold my kid. So for me, it was like, yeah, I don't particularly love the idea that I have to be at home um, when I was home with my daughter, but I had options because I was willing to let somebody else take care of my kid during the day. Right. I was anxious to get back to my career. I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom with her. And so I, but I had options. I was like, I can go back and do my career and that's fine. I'm happy to do that. But I don't know that she's really going to be happy to do that. I think what her idea is, is I'll go to work and get, do my thing. And then you have to stay home and take care of the kid. Really? Is that what she's saying? Well, because she was saying, because he travels too much. And so he's not around to help. And so she's like, I would like to be able to go do stuff too. I mean, there was no talk about like hiring somebody to come and help them. Yeah, but I don't think she's saying she wants them to be like a stay-at-home dad. No, but I think she's thinking that like if you're here more, then I can be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. I, I don't have the option to leave anywhere because you're always gone yeah, too. Yeah, she wants coverage. She like wants to have her cake and eat yeah. too. Yeah, she's she's another Andre. Yeah, she kind of is. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that is all the couples. 
those are the couples and should we go into the we can we can totally we... get into it and we'll just see how far we get before pd gets up which is fine because obviously we have more reunion to discuss at a later date because i mean it's not even fully out yet yeah okay so we see all the couples that come in um I, I didn't really understand the initial fight between Chantal, the way she described it in the tell-all, and Colt. Because the way I saw it was she kind of came after him. Mm, no. I, I Because she she immediately was like, well, your mom, you know, who you pick your mom over your wife or blah, blah, blah. She kind of came in against him and then he kind of responded and then she's like, don't talk to me. Blah, blah, blah. And then she got all hot. But I didn't hear him really, like, making fun of all the people like she said I don't he know. was. I did get kind of a nasty vibe from him. Like, right from the minute he walked in. I think that he's miserable because his wife mm-hmm. left him. And he also probably knows she's in another relationship. And he knows he's about to go through this long day with these people who are going to be judging him and his situation. And I think that he, I think it was a defense mechanism that he had this, like, this he had a wall up you know and and he was kind of throwing these little jabs to kind of let them all know that he had this wall up and that he wasn't going to be vulnerable with them and i think that she reacted especially poorly to that because simply because of the Mm. the similarity in their situation where there's sort of a an in-law um problem she she's projecting Mm -hmm. i mean she she's saying to him oh you shouldn't let your mom interfere with your relationship you should cleave to your husband Sort of in the biblical sense. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, that's exactly what her problem is as far as her husband's concerned. So I get why she reacted especially strongly. But I absolutely think that Colt was the instigator of the whole situation, the sort of atmosphere of, um, of sort of pugnacity, if you will, in the, in the, back, in the, um, in the backstage area. Yeah. I think he came in hot. That. Yeah. I certainly definitely see that part of it. So, you know, so you have that situation. Um, I could see that. I just, I just felt like it was really weird. Her recounting of it seemed like it, he wasn't all that vicious against other people and that she, it sounded like she kind of started it with her, like getting on him for his mom. I think we missed stuff, which I thought we missed stuff. We must've. Because I just thought it was very Like, they bizarre. were halfway through breakfast before the camera staller started rolling. So my guess is that there was not really an intention to film them. I mean, certainly not the whole time. You know, they, they showed that they had two hours between walking in and, and going out on stage. So, and then I think they were all mm-hmm. starting, probably Colt especially, was starting to instigate stuff. And so they turned on the cameras. And then they managed to catch the thing with Chantel, which was the real blow up. That's just my right. guess. But again, again, I definitely hold yeah, him accountable. I guess... And I think she really just took the bait because it was hitting so close to home. But I definitely think he was fishing. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I just felt it's just so weird. She just was so reactive about it. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then, so then we find out that, so then Jay kind of saunters in and they've kind of, they're back off now. <laughs> And there's a rumor that he cheated again. Mm-hmm. Did that come out towards the end? Yeah, I think so. So he did. He did cheat. I think again. that's the suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, okay. she did say that. She did say that. Okay. So now he's cheated again. 
which is, I mean, sorry, but I, I think he's a piece of shit. Yes. But I also think like, she's a fucking idiot. She admits it though. I mean, she's like, yeah, I just keep falling back into this trap, you know, and she's just not strong enough to stand on her own. And okay, that's fine, but I don't feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for her either. I just, I empathize with her. Like I, I can at least put myself in her shoes. I've never been that person. But I get that there are people like that. And she's clearly one of these people that just cannot stand on her own two feet. Yeah, and he's, the, he's like the it's only just, thing annoying. she has right now to cling to. If she had any other option, I think that she would be much, much, much less susceptible to him. Yeah. I mean, think I of it this so. way. Just, just the fact that he was actually the only person who kind of really answered the call to take care of her when she was ill what does that say about her overall network? Well, that makes me wonder, like, <coughs> excuse me. That's what it made me kind of think, like, where was that woman who, like, came over immediately when she told her that he cheated I mean, on her? I can't imagine she would yeah, call Yeah, but her, you don't necessarily expect a friend to move in with you and, like, as you convalesce. You know, that'd be, that'd be a big ass. Like, I wouldn't call you, even though you and I are extremely close friends, and I tell you basically everything so we're very close emotionally I would not call you and say I need you to come stay with me for the next three weeks you know while I convalesce a because I have a a support network of my own in in terms of my family but b because you have your own life and you have your own people to take care of it wouldn't be fair to you so I'm guessing Ashley doesn't actually have friends who have the time for that or family that's willing or able to help her. So that's why I'm wondering about her overall support network. I think it's just really lacking. And it would explain why she keeps coming back yeah. to the well here with Jay. Because if nothing else, he is her husband. You know, he, he has a, she has a claim over him in a way for something like this. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to, to, to do yeah. it, which of course he is because he wants to get back in her good graces. So I just think she's probably pretty alone in the world. That, that's my guess. Okay. I mean, I guess that's true. I just felt like, still, I don't no, know. No, it's very sad. I mean, um, and it's really sad that he cheated just... again, too, because I think that if he hadn't, they actually might have stayed together. I mean, I think this was the turning point in their relationship. That's why I joked that it was like a Jane Austen novel. If he wasn't a complete turd, this could have been a Jane Austen novel, where she gets sick, and then he comes, and he takes care of her, and they fall back in love, and he gets her trust back. Okay, great. They could have lived happily ever after, except that he's a cheating douche. And he was always going to cheat again. Mm -hmm. And he did. And, you know, she still got the help she needed from him at the time. I don't think she's in any worse position than she was, frankly. No, I guess not. I just, ugh. And it sounds, by the way, in real life, I believe he was detained by ICE. He's either still detained or he just was detained and possibly has been deported. I mean, he, there was like a GoFundMe account to get him out of the detention center or whatever. This was maybe last week or the week before. So I don't think things are going uh-huh. too well for Jay as far as his immigration status is concerned. And I, and please feel free to write in because I'm, I'm just going based on media reports that I've read. Um, and I haven't checked on it in like a week. It hasn't really made another headline since that detention headline and the GoFundMe headline. Um, so I think, in other words, she may still successfully get him deported after all this. Yeah, I mean, she might. I, I think once that 
if she, did she file for divorce again? I, was that I believe she line? did. Yes, I believe I remember that from the reunion that she refiled. Okay. Yeah, she said we're getting divorced. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That lawyer would have okay. been like, hashtag, so, I told you so. Yeah, like, I would have been surprised, too, if I saw them both coming in. I would have been like, whoa, wait a minute. Well, she was pretty firm in wow. her initial meeting with the lawyer. I mean, I think that you probably see people who are more dithering about it. But she, I mean, she was sure that she, I mean, and this was a, this was a very extenuating circumstance. I mean, think about it. To be that ill, you know, like, can change a situation easily. Sure. I mean, for sure. For sure. I just, and, and we get people, I mean, I, I could tell you stories. I mean, I remember doing a divorce case and I picked it up after they were already a year and a half in. Um, they were fighting. She had an affair with the contractor who also happened to be her daughter's boyfriend's dad. Well. So there was all sorts of issues. She had issues with her daughter. Her other daughter was anorexic. So there was that. The kids were in turmoil and having a really hard time. The parents like hated each other. We were representing one of the party, the, the husband, and they were just fighting about everything. And this divorce is going on. Um, I think I, I dealt with it in years two and three. And then I left the firm. And I found out later that it went on for another year and then they reconciled. No. Yeah. After all of that. They and then you have to wonder what was like, going on in sort of the, the overall life context like this. Like maybe she ended the relationship with the contractor or this and that, you know, I mean, who knows what's happening behind the scenes? I mean, it was just so bizarre, truly bizarre that like, this was a thing. It was so weird. I don't know. I couldn't believe that they got back together after all of that, because I have to say um, that it was so bad. I mean, the fighting was really bad. They really, really, really fought it out and they were vicious. They went, you know, below the belt. I just couldn't believe that they were actually, that they actually ended up reconciling. It was Yeah, that is crazy. But so, I mean, crazier things have happened, but you know, at this point, I feel like if they do eventually, I don't even know where they're at now, if they eventually got divorced Mm -hmm. or not, like years later or something, but I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. Well, I do think Ashley and Jay are like completely kaput at this point. I I don't think they're going to get back together. I certainly hope not. I mean, for her sake, you know, I really, really hope not. And for his, I mean, he's never going to learn how to treat and respect women if he keeps getting away yeah, with this that's shit. that's right. He has to lose someone that he cares more about, frankly. I'm surprised. I actually am a little bit surprised that he screwed it up again. I don't think he loves her. I've, not really. I don't think he loves her either, but, like, you, you would have thought that her filing for divorce and him being faced with permanent deportation would have been enough that when she let him back in, he would have really kind of treasured it and really felt great. No, because I, I don't and think for he would him, mind being here is so much better than being in Jamaica. I mean, he doesn't have any any prospects here. He doesn't have any support system. He seemed like he was perfectly happy in Jamaica. I mean, I think that he jumped on this opportunity to move to America with her without thinking too deeply about it. And now he's living in fucking East Nowheresville, Pennsylvania or whatever in the winter. And he's like, what am I doing here? You know? I don't think he, in other words, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure he would rather stay, but I don't think it's like it would it would 
be sort of devastating to him to have to go back to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Not, not devastating enough to keep him faithful to someone that he doesn't really care about. It's just sad. It's super sad. It's really, I mean, and it, it, it goes to the, the heart of, of this idea that a man like that could be so callous just as a general matter with someone else's feelings. I mean, you don't look at Jay and think, oh, that's an evil person. But actually, if you really think about what he's done here, it's a lot worse than what a lot of the other guys that we do think of are awful you know, have done. Cause he really, mm-hmm. he did this thing to an innocent party, you know, who just couldn't protect herself. Right. He took full advantage of her low self-esteem for his own gain and just hurt her relentlessly. And let's not forget that wh- whatever the time frame was, there's no way that he cheated that second time much after she recovered. If, if she even had recovered. Oh so yeah. It's like, sure. Jesus Christ, like way to kick someone when they're down. Yeah, no, for sure. That's absolutely true. So I don't have any, I mean, I don't have any good feeling towards Jay. I mean, I think he's young and dumb, but I also think that he probably isn't a great person. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't think you learned jack shit from this. No. And then the reason I think that is because he has yet to take full accountability. Like, he always has some smooth move to make it's never just a blanket apology it's like oh i was bored or oh she did she was texting her it's your fault or this or that like he never ever does the full unconditional apology and i think that that was always her problem with it too like she knows and she sort of says it mm-hmm. you know you're just not really taking mm-hmm. accountability for this and he's not because he doesn't care enough about her to feel truly sorry for lo- about losing her which is shitty yeah and especially with kids involved no he doesn't take like the fact that he's like i'm coming to this reunion because i need to tell my side there is no no your side side. did you cheat on her then you're yeah exactly period i I completely agree you know that's it he's not redeemable but he doesn't know that no i mean but and he just keeps saying oh it's her Oh, it's this is why I did because I was bored or because you did this or I don't know, some stupid shit. Yep. So anyway. So that's them. And then I'm trying to think of anything. Was there anything anything else really happened at the reunion that was very exciting? Um, I mean, I think I I, I genuinely don't understand where Pedro and Chantel really stand, because, again, there's this time lapse issue where they've clearly, by the time of the reunion filming, already filmed the Family Chantel spinoff. And then at the reunion, he and, he and um, Chantel seemed extremely, extremely volatile and really not in a good place at all. So I don't really yeah. understand what's going on with that. It could be that this is all for the cameras, like that it's all bullshit. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, um, but I, it could just actually on the flip side be that the show is the only thing keeping them together uh, because they're getting this paycheck yeah. and um, you know, I don't know. So that, that was interesting at the reunion that they, they really were fighting with each other. Um, she was really crying. He made some comment 
again, another, another comment along the lines of like, I'm ultimately going to leave you or like, I don't think our marriage is going to survive this kind of a thing. Um, it definitely seems to me at the, at least as of the point of the reunion that she's more invested in the relationship than he is by a lot. Well, and I think that part of that also is that like, is almost to save face because she's already been told, you know, you are, she's already been told that if she gets a divorce and he gets his green card, she's on the hook. So I think part of it is that she doesn't want to be on the hook when she's not even going to be married to him. Like she already said like, Oh hell no. Yeah. Maybe it's a sunk cost whatever. So it's like, you know, no, now we're going to make this work whether you like it or not. (laughs) I mean, she can't make him stay with her. No, she can't. She can't. And to an extent she knows that. And I think that's probably really frustrating for her. So that was them. And then Elizabeth and Andre, nothing interesting yet. Um, And then Let's see. We talked about Ashley and Jay. Colt and Larissa. So Larissa is on with her. Well, I guess we haven't really gotten into the new boyfriend yet. I guess that's going to be. They were teasing. Yeah, that. I'm wondering. Does he know about that? Does does Colt? Know I think he knows boyfriend? she has a boyfriend. I don't think he expects the boyfriend to show up on the tell-all. I think that's going to okay, drive Colt think- nuts in the next episode. I think Colt is going to be. You know, they have a teaser of him like throwing a water bottle. I mean, I think he's going to genuinely right. have a meltdown when he realizes yeah. that the boyfriend um, is there. I think that Azen and Nicole are going to continue this this show. Farce. Yeah, and, and we're not going to get anywhere <laughs> with them. And it's just going to be this, like, dead end that it's been for a long time. I would be surprised, unless something, like, drastic happens in the next episode, I would be surprised if Nicole and Azen were back next season. Because the problem is they there's yeah, nothing there's there. It's, nothing. it's just I mean it it is an interesting story in Toto, but it's not nothing's happening in it. It's not moving, so I don't think that they're no. gonna keep showing them. Um, and then I think and then Russ and Pow, we haven't really gotten to yet at the reunion. I mean, honestly, as you pointed out, there was this sort of Colt and Larissa denouement before the the first episode of the reunion, so there wasn't as much. Or maybe it was a full reunion episode. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like much happened. I guess. Mo- I guess it's because they focused a lot on, on the sort of fight between Colt and the other cast members, and then also Chantel and Pedro having like pretty serious issues. Right. Um, I don't have any any hope for Chantel and Pedro at this point. Yeah, I don't really have any. I hope think they'll ride out the show and tell- then they'll get divorced. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's yeah, done. I think he's done. I think he is done. So yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that most of the action of the reunion is going to be in the next episode. Oh, by the way, did you and I ever discuss? I think we've had so like such sporadic recording time that we may have completely missed the fact that Bernie died. Yeah, I posted that. Yeah, I, posted I didn't even know that until you posted it. What the fuck? I know and. I'm just shocked that he was 41. I know. He looked way older than that. I mean, he looked like he was 50. Yeah, I was, that was really, really shocking. So sad. I mean, and you know, you know, even one of the saddest parts about it, I mean, not really the saddest, the saddest parts are the obvious parts, like his children are not going to have a father. But like, I'd say one of the more unfortunate aspects of it is the fact that he was thrown so far under the bus at the end of Seeking Sister Wife 
where he had sort of like mm-hmm. basically cheated on Paige. You know, he gets taken to the cleaners by Brandy, the woman he cheated with at the reunion. He was blindsided. He comes up looking like shit. And then he dies before he has the opportunity to, like, really, you know, kind of redeem himself. himself. I just thought that was really sad. I wish that that stuff hadn't happened at the end of last season of Seeking Sister Wife. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, I I don't know. That was unfortunate. I wonder if Brandy had known he was going to die if she would have done that to him at the reunion. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, nobody could have of predicted course. it. Yeah, of course. And it was a freak thing. Like he was essentially exercising. I think, I think he was like bicycling. Yeah. I think he was on a long bike ride and he just keeled yeah, over. Heart attack. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's a big guy. Um, so I, I, I guess maybe he, he was more, he but I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously. Uh, it was shocking. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely shocking. And we didn't get to address it. I'm very interested to know whether Seeking Sister Wife, I'm actually, I'm sure Seeking Sister Wife will continue. I'm, I'm going to be interested not to pivot away from something that's so, has such gravitas and something that doesn't. But we also, I think, have not really gone into the fact that Vanessa left the Snowdens. Oh. Yeah, she left within, like, we. For sure, within six months of the marriage, if not within oh, 90 right. days right. of the that's marriage. Right. I mean, like, very, very soon after they got married, mm-hmm. she, she just straight up left the family. And all it ended up being was, like, a Twitter announcement, basically. Um, so I imagine that Seeking Sister Wife will come back and the Snowdens will be featured again, looking for another sister wife. But that situation was so creepy to me. And I don't mean to be going off on, on a tangent here, but... Um, I, I hope that it comes back. I'd love to, like, delve more into that. I thought it was so crazy that Vanessa went through as much as she did only to leave them. I certainly hope that she wasn't in it for fame. But it's, I mean, the timing is pretty suspect. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. All right. But I don't think so. Well, I think we can come back next week with the rest of the finale. Yes and tie this up and then see what's next yeah i don't actually know what's really i mean we're not going to cover family chantel because i find that offensive um, yeah no i don't want to cover that either. and i don't think anything else is active right um no there was the other way but i never got into that oh the other way we got to get into that that's 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 okay. the that's the ticket so just start watching that it's good okay all right i'll start watching that and we can talk about it all right, guys, until next time. Sorry for all the, this, you know, the breaks, but, you know, summer is crazy. So just bear with us, please. Yes. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. 
Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.